I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hello, Rise Together fam. Dave here. I hope y'all had a nice weekend. We are uh, on a Monday with a bonus episode coming off of Mother's Day. Hope all the moms out there had themselves a fantastic day yesterday. Uh, This is a pickup, a continuation of last week's conversation between myself and Heidi Powell, where the end of our conversation was interrupted by the urgency to get to an airport. And this little last piece felt important enough for us to uh, drop it into the feed this week to finish the thought. There's something as humans that ends up happening I know this firsthand, when we venture into a new space where uh, something in the environment is different than it was before, it's at a new level, it's a more audacious big goal that we have set and now as we are approaching it but don't necessarily have the footing for never having walked the terrain, that self-doubt, the negative voices that live inside of us, they start chirping as we get closer to the event. And sometimes outside voices join that chorus and have us start operating in ways that are totally disconnected from how we'd normally hope to approach that new level. Uh, The upcoming challenge, uh, this one that starts today actually, was a thing a week and a half ago that Heidi was having some of these feelings around in that the last couple of challenges were something that we did jointly and in an environment where some of the circumstances have changed. She's leading out on this more than we are doing it together. She doesn't have me as support in social media the way that I might have been before. Some of the voices, the insecurities that come in doing things on your own or stepping into new spaces, we're starting to create something of anxiety, uh, of panic, of trying to force rather than flow. And so we had a really interesting back and forth a week and a half ago, some of which is captured in the voice memos that we were actually sending then in today's episode to just give you a sense of how my observations of my own reaction to stepping into something that was different in the release of my last book resulted in less than ideal behavior from me and how maybe some of those observations could keep her from... uh, falling into that same trap. So I hope that you enjoy. Uh, It's going to be a good Monday. Let's get to the episode. 
last episode in the feed of this, the Rise Together podcast, we were about to jump into a thought that felt uh, unfinished, but also we ran out of time. I uh, had to run to the airport, had some meetings in L.A. this week, and then made my way over here to Arizona, where we were finishing up some of the fun for this, the launch of the next challenge. But it was, in fact, a conversation about the challenge and the way that you were having a response to some of the pressure of doing something again and the expectation that had been placed on this thing that you care so passionately about that had you having something of a of an interesting reaction that brought me back to the crazy reaction that I had during the launch of my book. And it provoked what I thought was a really great in real time conversation that because we thought it might actually make a good conversation on the show, we said, hold on, let's not dive too deeply into this. Let's actually save a little bit of of it so that we can in uh, real time unpack. Are you doing okay? I think you're crushing it, but I'm also sure that at a certain point it feels a little exhausting. Just checking on you. Keep telling me if there's anything I can do to make it easier or uh, if you need anything. Okay. I love you. You're doing great. You guys, before I go on to this next thing, can we just acknowledge this is how he is? I didn't even know I was. And to that, I replied, I said, it is exhausting. I said, I feel like I'm working really hard to get every single person into this community to see how amazing it is. Yeah. And then you said... And the thing is, I think I felt a little bit of this craziness in the launch of that last book where me, you know, ultimately resorting to pleading with people to buy the book was because of how much it felt like I was working for every single book, but had to get a thousand, 10,000 no's for every single sale. And it was just like, oh, God, that's exhausting. I'm sorry, babe. Hang in there. Hang in there. There is so much to be proud of in this. You're just doing such a great job. The team is doing such a great job. You know what's crazy is, yeah, it actually does remind me, like now that I go back and track through, and I know you said it the other day, but it didn't really stop to think about it. But yeah, from you like, okay, wait, what? This book tour is not the same. Let me go create my own. Let me go this. Let me go, you know, and it's like, a, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And I can actually feel it on social right? Like my like pleading, like forcing, like shoving down people's throats for something that I know is so great. And I think you probably felt the same way. Like, you know, it's so great. I honest to goodness, no, it's because I, like I just said that thing, I know how great what we've built is. I know we took something that was great and we made it even better. And I know that the results were better and people were happier. And I know this third round people like it's even greater and, you know, probably unfair to compare. I was feeling really uh, there was hardship in knowing that I am pushing this alone. Right. So last time, the last two times, Dave, you and I both were promoting and we were talking about it. And so people came in easier and we have such a wonderful group. Like the thing is the group is what it's supposed to be. But I remember that day, this was, you know, the Saturday before pre-launch week. So a week and a half ago today. And 
it just felt like nobody wanted to hear. And the reality is that's not, that's not the truth, right? But because I love what I'm doing so much and I love that everybody loves it inside of the community, I couldn't wrap my head around why is not everyone doing this, you know? And is something wrong with me because when I had you there, people came in easier. And here's the thing. We have a great crowd. And also the last round, it was January 1st. And also we were actually on track that day to match the same numbers. But there was something in my head still telling me that nothing was, I don't know that there would have been a number that would have been enough. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was almost like I had already pre-decided that I am not enough and the number of people we have is not enough and not enough people are seeing this good and I'm not going to do enough good for the world. Like it was just a, a so much self-doubt around what I'm capable of doing alone. Yeah. Well, and- by, well, by the way, I mean, cause this was the essence of my insecurity because, and I didn't see it at the time. I completely see it now. My breakdown, my like, like, love for this book was completely demolished because I lost myself in the worry that now that I was releasing something outside of a marriage with someone who also was successful as a writer outside of the Hollis company that had a bunch of marketing and whatever else outside of, you know, what previously was a thing. And then in the aftermath was something completely different that I'd be revealed as not being qualified or not being good or not being whatever. And it was the only voice I could hear. And in that fear, in that insecurity, I operated as a crazy person. Now that we know this and now that you've been through it and I don't want to make the same mistake you did, right? As an outsider, what advice do you have for me? What would you do now that you've been through what you have been and where where should I let go? More than anything, I wish I would have just stopped to appreciate all the good that already existed. The thing that I had said in the freaking book was if you just change one life, you've changed the world. And I kept losing track of how important it was that I was actually selling a book at all or that I was actually meeting a person at all. And so, I mean, like, there's so much good in the community right now, so much, that one of the things I think I would do is just force yourself to be in there for 30 minutes. Or even when you start to feel overwhelmed, the immediate thing that you go to is the page just to see all the good that already exists. Because it's just like, there is so much good. Every single part of my darkness around the book was connected to comparison, either this inflated expectation that I'd set for myself, this ambitious, we're going to do more than that last book kind of thing I was reaching for that was not connected to literally anything other than ego and blind optimism. You know, like I, (laughs) I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I'd set this goal or in like the worst case of it all, I was comparing myself to a writer that was married at the time to a big writer and the benefit that came from her platform and me now, right? Like if I just stayed connected to I'm me and my world is different and life is different. And so this will likely be a different release, but did I put everything into it? Of course. Am I proud of it? Oh, I'm so proud of it. 
well, then I have to release this thing that I've created as creator into the world and just be at peace with it finding whatever the audience that was meant to have it, have it. And it's easier said than done because I did the exact opposite. I was only comparing myself to being on the list versus not, to a certain number of pre-orders to less. And it ruined the entire thing. There's something weird in human nature that has this impulse to compare or this impulse to set higher than our reasonable expectations that completely rob something that is otherwise fantastic from being a thing that we can totally appreciate. And, uh, you know, I, like there are so many things that I wrote in the book that I was so freaking proud of that were all about not falling into this very trap. I fell into it anyway. I fell into it anyway because I'm human. And the whole point of like wanting to like bring this into a conversation today is that like someone somewhere is going to set for themselves a big goal and they get close to that big goal. And because they, as they approach it and it being a space that they maybe haven't created in before or a threshold that they haven't set as a bar to try and achieve against before that insecure voice will start to whisper and it becomes louder and louder and it has the risk of snatching every single bit of good from the thing that you've created if you allow that lie to to live and that lie for me was that i was only good then because of my proximity to Rachel or because of the ecosystem inside of which I was creating from. And that's ridiculous. Like, of course things are different and of course it was going to be different, but I just couldn't see it. All I could hear was the voice of my critic that um, made me doubt that I was good on my own. And in that scared little boy state, I acted crazy to try and convince people to buy a thing that I was proud of. The fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. Yeah. I know you're right. And I hear you. And I know yours was mostly about comparison to try to prove that you were still enough even without what was taken from you. Right? Like you had a marriage and you were on a quest to prove that, okay, even without, because it wasn't your choice, right? Inside of this life now, I'm still enough. And so you wanted to sell, 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 sell to get there. For me, I don't know if it was as much about proving as it was, I think mine was comparing myself with what I expect of me. So it's a little bit different mm, yeah. in that, and I am so hard on myself. Like, and even saying that makes me a little bit emotional because I am very, like, I, I am very tough on myself. And when I encounter hard things, like that was hard right? That week leading up to, it was really hard until Monday hit. Because when Monday hit, pre-week pre launched, and I was submerged in a community of people that you had told me to, hey, go look at the lives, go look at the community. The community is awesome. The people are great. And I was so busy creating that I never stopped to go jump in and feel them, right? I was there a little bit, but I was never really in it. And that first live on Monday, it freed me because I was like, wow, okay, wait, who cares? Literally, I got to a point where I'm like, who cares about everyone else out, outside of here? Like, all that matters is what's in this bubble. And this bubble is so appreciative and so proud and ready. And they are on fire, right? Uh, but before, 
it was definitely, I felt the week before pre-launch is the same way I felt the weeks leading up to the summit, to the event, Mm -hmm. which when things get really hard for me and really heavy and I start, I start to like act out of fear and like desperation, right? Like that same way that you were with the book, same way, because I was inside of it with you creating, we did the book tour, all those different things. And I remember I was your calming agent and you now are mine in both situations. You were my calming agents the week leading up to the summit and the week before this. But there's something in my head these last two times. By far, Dave, you have seen me at my hardest, lowest, uh, most doubtful, right? But also, these were my the two biggest challenges probably of my professional life alone because I've never done something of this magnitude alone. Yeah. And so there was a part of me that was like, if it's this hard, is it meant to be? And I even had said it to you both times. I said, I feel like if I'm trying to force this, it's not meant to be. And I, you know, it's like, I'm like force versus flow. How do you know the difference when I, you're forcing something that's not meant to be? And when, and, uh, and when something's just hard and it's a challenge that you're meant to overcome, I could not figure it out in the moment. And I actually think I said, I hate this. I hate this in both instances. Like I hate, this is that pressure, that not feeling enough was so freaking hard for me. And so now in both instances, keeping going because I had to because I had people who were counting on me uh it made it super clear on the other side when I could focus on what mattered same at the summit when I was focused on ego-based things how am I going to look like what if they don't like me it was all am I enough all things about me I don't think I'm why you know why do they want me to lead this all these different things that were in my head that were ego-based it wasn't until I got rid of that and I was actually able to push that aside and feel them and be like, oh, I'm here for them. Yeah. I'm not here for me. Yeah. I'm here for them. No, the whole, this whole game is a game of ego having to die. And it's embarrassing, like, it's embarrassing for me to think back to October because it is so apparent now how ego overrode this thing that was meant to be beautiful this thing i have i still have so much pride in what was created and ego my ego ruined it can i say though i think a lot of people don't uh, they only hear the word ego and think of it one way like i have an ego i like that right but ego is also uh the part of you that is insecure that is saying i don't know if i'm gonna be enough like i'm not enough i like what do i need to do to win their at like that is ego right like so ego it's not just like bravado and pomp it like it's not an arrogant person it can be but also like your ego and stripping away is the part of you that's protecting you from looking bad and it can show up in so many different ways right oh yeah no the thing is like the crazy live i wish i hadn't done was as much passion as it was scary like scared me and still is just like the worst look. It's like the most embarrassing thing I've ever done professionally. And yet it was like both sides of that sword of ego. It was the thing like, I believe so much in this that I'll do literally anything to try and convince you of it. But when that's not managed, when that isn't handled in a in a way that doesn't make it feel desperate and ridiculous and, you know, like and, imp- and on no sleep. Too. And when no, you're not, when you're not yeah. sleeping, you're not thinking right. No, 
I mean, you can't see the forest. Through there the trees. are a whole. I, the thing is, yeah. I don't even want to make excuses because it's just like, no. yeah, just because I did run myself into the ground and then decided to do a live after not sleeping for a couple of days, it doesn't make it okay. Like it's still ridiculous, and yet it existed because I was trying so hard to outrun my own self doubt. I was trying so hard to outrun the worry that I might be exposed as having only had the success that I experienced in 2019, 20, whatever year, 2020, 2020, sorry, 2020, (laughs) gosh, 2020, um, because of not the thing I wrote, not the talent that I possess or my ability to write or speak, but because of other factors that now that they were gone would reveal that I had no talent. And the thing is, I know that there was a boost. I know that there was help. I know that like the aftermath of our marriage coming apart left so many people frustrated and disappointed. And yeah, guess what? I was among them. And so of course the atmosphere was going to be different, but the thing that was running in the voice of my critic was a very mean soundtrack. It was a very, very unkind voice that was telling me that I wasn't good enough to even write a book in the first place. And I, in that kind of fight or flight state, was doing a little bit of both. Like my fight was like, I'll work, I'll outwork this. And it, and it wasn't, it wasn't a thing to try and outwork. It was a thing to try and release. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a whole different podcast in and of itself because there are really terrible voices online. There are. And I think they, in part, those terrible voices were maybe part of what you were trying to outrun too, because you let those for a minute, you let those terrible voices be your voice. Like you almost took on what they were saying is what you thought. Right. Yeah. And I think there was some outrunning of that. And I, I mean, the internet bullying, that's like maybe needs to be our next podcast. Cause I got things to say to them. We'll have to do uh, yeah. explicit warning for language when we do that because of uh, how I know you and I feel. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I'm just going to say it in a nutshell. Then I'm not, I'm going to be really careful with my words. Uh, but the reality is people who are uh, purposely and intentionally mean, malicious online, um, plant seeds of depression, sadness, insecurity, and fear in innocent people who are maybe not strong enough in that way. And we all have insecurities. We all have weaknesses and they feed on that, right? Yeah. Uh, a parasite is something that like eats the life of something else, right? So those in my mind, like they are actually very comparable to a parasite. They are actually eating and killing off life in somebody else because they get in someone's head and they grow that fear, that self-doubt, that insecurity to places that actually cause humans to ruin their own life because they begin to believe what those internet bullies are saying. They are responsible for suicide, like many suicides. And when you actually think about that, and when you go look at these internet trolls, if you actually click, right? uh, What's interesting to me is their bios usually say, devout follower of Christ, or Jesus lover, or uh, you know, faithful mother and wife, right? Which is great. And I love that. But I think if we actually followed the ways of Christ, we wouldn't indirectly 
cause suicidal ideation, yeah. you know, to be at an all-time high. And that's what's happening. And I actually believe if these people stopped, these moms who are holding their sons proudly, right? I see so many pictures. And these it's usually women that I've seen on uh, your stuff. Um, it is really sad to think that that woman's son or daughter or grandson, there's a lot of grandmas too, um, might be the victim of someone bullying them the way that they are currently bullying somebody else. Yeah. And when that happens, like my heart hurts for that person because they are about to feel what they caused somebody else to feel, right? And I'm not saying parasite to be mean. It just is. If you look up the definition of a parasite, like they are eating and sucking life. And here's the thing, though. I don't think I would change it. I would never change it. I think I only want to help people love themselves enough to overcome it and like get through it because it's important and people are strong enough. And actually, those people have freaking made me stronger. They have helped me see the value in life and that I am actually way too good to care about what they say, right? And they're slowly doing the same thing for you, yeah. right? But and, and I believe that darkness needs to exist in the balance of light. And I think it's heavy in your life, Dave. And it was heavy. It's heavy in mine in ways, right? I don't really see it all the time. Because there's so much light, you have so much good. If you didn't, they wouldn't care. Like, yeah. think if you weren't someone that they were interested in, they wouldn't be interested in you. They wouldn't be there. And so to anyone experiencing bullying or hate in any way, remember that. Yeah. Like, if you weren't great, they wouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's hard because I don't like to have to admit that serving up such a, like cherry on top opportunity for people who already were waiting to be critical in the way that I did back in October was something that I wasn't strong enough to handle, but I wasn't strong enough to handle it. Like it absolutely hundred percent is complicit in all of the things that have unwound being unwound. And in a crazy way, you know, I, <laughs> I, I have talked about the kind of like the breakdown or the uh, the mania or the whatever as a thing that I originally thought, you know, was like the end of my career, the end of life. And it truly was a thing that I think helped save my life in beautiful ways. It but did. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I'm still not back on social media in part because... I've learned a ton about the ridiculousness of those that would spend their time trying to dismantle and attack people who are trying to do good. And I also am not yet immune totally from the way that uh, it still has some kind of an effect. I, I don't know. Like, I'm way better than I was, but I also am like, do I really want to do work in a public way? If the price of entry is people, because I just think, here's the thing. I I think there's normal criticism yeah. and then there's like galvanizing an yeah. army of people to yeah. be like just yeah. intentionally, yep. mercilessly, yep. like it has an effect on my family. I'm interested in, <laughs> I'm interested in preserving mental health and, and I also know that I've been put here for a reason that 
is to be light. And so I'm going to continue to do the work, but take the time that it takes to build the shell so that I'm not able to be pulled back by or distracted by people who are just here to be hateful. I just, it's like, I don't, you, and I don't you, know. you get to pick who you put your, you know, who you give your energy to, who you surround yourself with. And I also know that there are ways to create barriers to not let someone else's energy penetrate you. I, I know it. And I know I've experienced that myself and that, you know, that right now is not the time for you to go back to acknowledge it and to follow your knowing is huge. And it's not to say that it won't ever be, but at you know, as you are gaining strength and as you're working on parts of you that you didn't know were hurt or wounded, right? That you are keeping yourself in a safe situation is awesome. Like yeah. that's something I wish more people had the, oh boy, card turned off. I wish more people had the courage to do that um, and so it's great. And I do want to say too, the, the, it did affect me for a bit more than anything and my family, but more than anything, because I started to like, I know you and I'm going to talk about this now. I hope this is okay. Um, I know you better than just about anyone, yep. if not anyone at this point, because you know, I know the current you. Um, and what's interesting is what people would say to my family and then they'd report to me because it'd create a story in my family's minds about yeah. you and that they, they didn't know you, right? Yeah. They knew you, but they're like now this stranger story because it was read on the internet was told to them and then they told it and they had totally created a story around who you were and mentioned it to me. And I knew the, uh, I knew the inconsistency in what was said versus reality, but it still planted a seed of, ah, now my family doesn't want, like that was the hardest part for me. Until it got to the point where I was like, and here's the thing. It was great because it was part of what allowed us to go our separate journeys to uh, work on us. And like I, I, you and I both said, okay, we don't have the strength right now, the time, the bandwidth to deal with all of it. So let's work on us. Let's let everything settle. And it was the greatest thing because I also got a chance to be like, I know him. Yeah. I know that 90% of what I hear is not true. I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know, not that there's any, but like, I know your heart. I know who you are. I, to the point where I don't give a bleep what anybody else says about you because I'm the one who gets to be with you. Yeah. No one else gets it. I do. Yeah. It's, it's hard because there's always this like camp that's like, don't give power to the trolls by even acknowledging that they exist. But, um, without this sounding like hyperbole, I mean... I was in a dark f***ing place. Yeah. And my... In my, a vulnerable, vulner, in like a very honest and vulnerable and raw dark place. Let me say that. Like, not in a dark place like you were a bad person. You were a beautiful soul that was in a low place. Yeah. And that in a dark place that there would still be this joy yeah. that would come from some dark part of the internet to like kick someone when they're down that I don't understand. No, I don't understand. And, and you're I, never and, going to, and I'm never going to. And like the faceless nature of, you know, burner accounts being mean is a, it's a thing I just am never, ever going to understand. And the fact that I still in that compromised state was affected by it is something that I, I get bummed about, but I also like 
it's a human, I guess it's just a human thing, you know, like I am building again, I'm going to try and build like a strength and a, uh, whatever to be able to weather whatever someone wants to sling my way. Like the more, like I, I will say this, like being away from social and being, you know, like away from all of it like there is some objectivity that comes in how ridiculous that's the thing any of it ends up being which is part of how i'm healing from it like any kind of proximity to the toxicity makes it feel more real than it is it's not real when you're not there but i still like and you know i i don't i've never seen a person come up to you and say anything negative ever you know why (laughs) Because they don't have the balls to. <laughs> so the reality is if they're not going to say it to your face and they're going to go hide online, it's not worth hearing because they're not somebody that like it, it, you, they're not somebody whose opinion matters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, finding a way to get back to that voice memo I sent you is the thing I would say, which is like, man, did you put every single thing into this? Are you proud of the work that you've done? Yes. Are you in a place where you know the work is going to be received by the yes. people to whom it was meant to be received? If that is, if, if you can answer affirmative to those things, release yourself from the work. And if people want to be critical of it, it's not for them. I've said it so many times, but I, in a weird way, like the gift of, going through everything is, you know, got to learn things the hard way. Like I've, I've got a great learning that any other thing that I create, any other thing that I do, it's likely to be criticized. It's, it's just, it's it's just a guarantee. It's just a guarantee. Yeah. And even as it is, it takes nothing away from the work or the creator. It takes nothing away from um, any of it. The only thing that could ruin it is if I start listening more to the voice of the critic than the voice of the recipient who's already represented over and over how appreciative they are of the work. And that's the same thing that's happening inside of this community. The people who have had an experience inside of it universally are just blown away by what it is to be inside of the space and any pressure that you were putting on yourself to make sure you got as many people into it in some ways discounts what already is success in it existing in the first place. The thing, and, and that day, Saturday or whatever day it was, um, I don't remember, but I remember like ha- going into the community and having an automatic shift of like, and I had even said, to, I sent a text to someone, I said, no, it's already a success. It is because getting in and connecting with the good that is being done in there, not because of me, because of my team, because of the kind of people that this is, that this is attracted, because of who they are, because of, I mean, the life, like there is aliveness in this community and there's love and there's support. Like that to me suddenly had me realizing we've already succeeded. And we had we were a week away from launch, yeah. right? So like we still we're going and it, it was a success. Um, and to what you were saying about, you know, the other thing, um, I realized too, that every single person that I admire, if anyone here thinks of who they admire and respect and whose work is like, oh my gosh, if I didn't have that, like that person right there, their work has changed my life and what they've done or their books. Every single one of those people, every single one of them, every single one has intense, has endured and still endures intense criticism and a lot of hate. Yeah. Can you imagine 
if that person would have stopped because someone criticized them or because a hate site grabbed onto them, like think of the amount, the number of lives that would not have been changed, positively impacted, you know, self-love created. If that person would have been like, oh my gosh, someone hates my work and hates me, I'm going to stop. And I think everyone should remember that. Like when we're all going to have, I'm going to have people that don't like me. I don't freaking care Yeah. because I know that I'm put on this earth to help at least these people in this community and at least my kids and at least myself by the fulfillment that comes with what I get to do. So I don't care if 90% of the people in this world don't like me. If these 10% love and appreciate what I'm doing and it's making their life better, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And you're also going to have days like Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to quit. Yeah. And you're also, yeah. But it's just like, it's just like part of the yeah. human experience. Like, I'm yeah. going to get through it. Yeah. And you're going to get through gonna it. Come out the other side and be glad that I didn't quit. Yeah. Me too. All right. Good work. Thanks. All right. Challenge uh-huh. starts today. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. We're excited about this. All right. That's a long bonus episode, but, uh, that's what happens when we go on a daytime date in a car with overalls on <laughs> and uh, just start talking and see where the conversation leads. Uh, this Thursday, new episode of the Rise Together podcast, John Acuff is Ooh. coming on the show to interview me. I hope I didn't just spoil everything he was going to ask me by talking to you about it. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll see. Here's the thing. John has a way of getting things out of people that... I no one else could. It's going to be a great episode. And he has perspective. Listen to John's. It's going to be amazing. The only thing greater than the next episode of the Rise Together podcast are these overalls. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next uh, episode Thursday. Bye-bye. 